As the opioid epidemic continues to devastate communities across the country, more physicians in all specialties are encountering patients with addiction. Although it's perhaps been culturally acceptable to treat all aspects of a patient except an addiction, any physician can in fact receive a waiver to prescribe buprenorphine for opioid use disorder. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Allison Rappaport from the Division of Infectious Diseases at Cambridge Health Alliance. Dr. Rappaport has co-authored a perspective article about what physicians can do to help their patients with opioid use disorder. Dr. Rappaport, in your article, you describe a patient that you cared for on your infectious disease consult service who had a number of medical problems stemming from his opioid use. What types of physicians are most likely to encounter patients with opioid use disorder? the answer is all physicians. There are some physician groups that preferentially see higher numbers of patients with opioid use disorders. In particular, in the inpatient setting, I would say hospitalists and subspecialists in the realms of infectious diseases. However, we also know that this is a highly prevalent medical issue and that outpatient providers, psychiatry, family medicine, and primary care see patients with opioid use disorder with considerable frequency. So given how prevalent it is, why do you think physicians have been hesitant to address the underlying opioid use disorder in the patients they see? I think there are a couple of reasons. In the first place, Traditionally, addiction treatment has been siloed in care settings that are often distinct from the general medicine care realm. So in essence, though, medical education integrates information about the assessment and treatment of substance use disorders, many physicians in the context of their training and practice aren't called upon to actively treat substance use disorders, even though they may have some of the skills required to do that work. And in the second place, I think that, and as physicians, we all need to come to grips with this, that we have implicit biases and judgments about individuals with substance use disorders. And those are passed down to us in direct and indirect ways through culture, media, and in fact, our own medical training. So a combination of trying to integrate into practice what hasn't otherwise been a common expectation in addition to overcoming those implicit biases are some of the reasons and work we have to do. So you say in your article that physicians who register with the Drug Enforcement Agency can receive a waiver to prescribe buprenorphine for opioid use disorder after undergoing only eight hours of training that only 4% of active physicians have such a waiver. How can more physicians be encouraged to get certified so they can prescribe? I think there are two main answers to that question. In the first place, there aren't enough people to actually conduct trainings necessarily. And physicians need to know that though it's eight hours of training, that's often done in what's called the half-and-half model, wherein physicians will do four hours of training online on their own time and then four hours in person. Alternatively, all eight hours worth of training can be done online. So in light of this, it sounds like a tremendous hurdle and ask of a physician's already busy schedule to complete these eight hours of training. But when you actually are able to locate either online or in the half-and-half model training opportunities, completing this waiver training is actually not a tremendous hurdle. The second thing is convincing physicians, as we try to do in our perspectives piece, 
that this is a skill that is easily integrated into their practice, even if these are not physicians who are always turning it into a significant proportion of their practice, prescribing on an outpatient basis to 30 or even 100 or 275 patients as waiver training allows, but they may do so in settings that we've outlined in the perspectives piece, such as inpatient inductions for applicable patients. Are there any data on how often physicians who have a waiver actually prescribe buprenorphine? It's a great question. There aren't robust data to tell us that. However, if you look in the 2016 report from the Surgeon General, which was entitled Facing Addiction in America, He notes there that 30,000 primary care physicians were wavered, but only about half of those were actively treating opioid use disorder. So that gives you some sense that though we have nearly, as of today, 40,000 trained physicians in the United States capable of prescribing buprenorphine, likely only a fraction of those are prescribing, and then a fraction even still of those are prescribing in high volume. And that's why, even though that number will continue to rise, we know we have a capacity issue, and we know that it's grossly uneven in terms of where physicians with this waiver training are located and practicing, and that there's a mismatch between needs, particularly in rural areas, and actual physician capacity to meet need. If you're a physician treating, say, infection or another urgent medical problem for a patient, How do you balance those immediate needs against the need to address an underlying opioid use disorder? I think it requires that you triage and try to stabilize the acute medical issue, as we often do, for instance, in the case of endocarditis. But from the outset of your encounter with a patient, which in an inpatient setting for a significant illness can stretch over days to weeks, to really think about, is this patient a buprenorphine candidate? And as we outline in our perspectives piece, it took Mr. C over a week of us working actively with him on a daily basis for him to feel that he was ready to start. And if you think about how vulnerable a time an inpatient admission is and what it is like to have a critical illness, you can understand that for individuals who very well may be desperate to try to treat their opioid use disorder, that the process of feeling well enough to take the steps to initiate buprenorphine may not happen on day one of a hospitalization, but may happen over time. And I think similarly, that may be a case in outpatient environments where this is really a conversation that can play out over the course of days on an inpatient unit or visit to visit in an outpatient setting. So that leads me to a final question. What actually is the role for physicians who probably only see an individual patient for a short time How can they ensure the best chance of long-term recovery for patients who have opioid use disorder? In the first place, in their role as infectious disease doctors or hospitalists, it's trying to get a handle on the medical complication that has arisen that are often life-threatening in nature from their opioid use disorder. So in the example we give in our perspectives piece of Mr. C, that was endocarditis caused by MSSA. Now, beyond that, really partnering with the patient, making them feel like they're heard and understood and that you're trying to offer medication for their opioid use disorder in a non-judgmental way and that you are committing potentially only to be the prescriber of buprenorphine for days and weeks and the capacity of a bridge, but that you are also committed to seeing them through to a time 
where they can be integrated into the community setting, as was the case with the patient we discussed in the piece. So I think really engendering trust in a patient population that has long felt neglected and judged on the basis of their entrenched substance use disorder, and then really doing the hard work to make connections to outpatient providers, utilizing social work colleagues, and really working in a multidisciplinary fashion to try to ensure long-term success. But I will say that we know addiction is a disease of relapse and recovery. So, of course, we are hoping for durable abstinence or decreased opioid use in individuals that we treat with buprenorphine. But over time, people will relapse. But we know that every exposure to appropriate treatment of opioid use disorder allows people to get over their acute medical illness and to get further on in the process of trying to achieve long-term sobriety. Thank you, Dr. Abbefort.